0: This is Cabernet and True Crime, the place where good wine and true crime come together. (laughs) I just listened to that back and I don't know why I'm yelling, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep it because it made me giggle. Um, hello, party people. How are you? I don't know why I waited for for a response. You're not going to answer because you're hearing this tomorrow and it's today. Um, So today, which is Tuesday, well, okay, today's Monday, tomorrow's Tuesday. But you're, I had promised that there would be two episodes tomorrow, well, today, for the True Crime Tuesday and also patron exclusive. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. As it is 8:38 on Monday night and I have not even finished researching for tomorrow's patron episode. Um so hopefully expect that coming out Wednesday if you are a patron because I just can't fucking get my shit together. This is the moral of that story. There's nothing else besides <laughs> There's nothing else besides that. Um I just got back from having steaks and a couple of adult beverages with my family, so that's pretty delightful. Um, and I'm here in the closet, ready to record. Mostly ready to record. Hopefully I can keep the giggle dicks down for just long enough to squeak this bad boy out. If not, then, well, you won't be hearing this version, will you? Because I'll have to re-record or just post it. I mean, you know what, like I've said before, it's my damn podcast and I will do as I please with it, all right? Um, so, Yeah, hi, welcome to True Crime Tuesday. I'm your host, Jana, the owner and proprietor of Cabernet and True Crime. Apparently that's what I do now on the side. I feel like I'm yelling. I can't tell um, with the sound bars on this sucker, so um, I'm sorry if you have to turn your volume down. I promise I'm going to try to get quieter here in a second. Probably. Probably maybe. We'll see what happens. Why not? Maybe I'll just scream the whole time, but just keep your volume at like a <laughs> at a normal at a normal level. Um all right. Well, today we're going to be talking about Donald Henry Gaskins Jr. I have to specify junior because I don't think his father was a serial killer. He might have been. I'm not entirely sure. I didn't look it up. Which that reminds me, I got into a fight with a 15-year-old on Instagram the other day, if you were privy enough to see that conversation before I deleted it, um, some 15-year-old telling me that I didn't care about 9-11 as much as he did, and involving the picture that I used for the last Survivor story, and how he told me, don't fucking lie, because you use this to get clicks, he kept saying. I was trying to get clicks, and I was like, dude, I don't even have... 14 people like this picture and you think I used a picture of 9-11 to get clicks like honey no but so um I deleted all of that and blocked that person because someday that person will realize there's too much in this world to be angry about and seeking out anger and fighting with people on the internet is a good way to be unhappy so I figured I'd end it where it was because I was clearly never going to win and why would I argue with a 15 year old on the internet like I'm an adult woman you know maybe that's just me. I got way more frustrated than I needed to be, and my boyfriend was like, you're fighting with a 15-year-old on the internet. (laughs) That was a really good reality check, because, yeah, I was getting pissed off about it. I've got other things. I have so many other things in this world to worry about than what a 15-year-old thinks about me, so, well, yeah. So, fine. It's whatever. Um, Okay, back back to the thick of it all. Donald Henry Gaskins Jr., which I will not be saying junior any other time, so sorry in advance. You know, I've told you, he's a junior. It's not the senior. Cool. Alright, so, he was the most prolific serial killer in South Carolina's history. But I wrote next to that, um, according to himself, because he estimated how many people he killed. And the es- the actual count is undetermined. Like, they're, they don't know how many people donald henry gaskins actually killed so according to his estimate which i feel like he probably at that point didn't have a reason to lie but maybe he did um was the most prolific serial killer in south carolina's history um so we're gonna start this off with a real creepy quote that he said so he actually wrote a book at the at some point i didn't read it um I didn't feel compelled to, so I didn't. Um, If you want to, I'll tell you the title of it maybe later. I don't remember. So, we'll see. But he said, I have walked the same path as God by taking lives and making others afraid. I became God's equal. Through killing others, I became my own master. Through my own power, I come to my own redemption. Um, just to give you a flavor of what level this man was on, uh, I don't Know about any of that, but that's what he believed, so that's cool. Um, I should also mention that he is widely known as the redneck Charles Manson, which is a quote that I don't understand. I mean, that's why I picked him because I was like, Redneck Charles Manson, you've piqued my interest, but uh, no, because if if you do recall the previous rant of a couple episodes ago, Charles Manson is not a serial killer. A. He never actually killed anybody. He just got other people to kill people for him. And um, Donald Henry Gaskins most definitely killed a couple people. (laughs) I mean, even if he exaggerated, he like definitely, he definitely did a lot of things. So he, yeah, no. Redneck, maybe. Charles Manson, doubtful. I don't know why he got that nickname. Felt compelled to tell you because I just love the nickname Redneck Charles Manson. Little disappointed when I found out it wasn't actually the case. Um, he was also called the quote meanest man alive. Uh, okay, I I guess I'm not really sure about that either. Um, he killed a lot of people for no good reason, and we'll get into that in a second. Um, so he like yeah, he was a ruthless killer. Meanest man alive seems like a pretty bold seems like a pretty bold statement right? Or is that just, I mean, okay. Yeah, sure. So he was the redneck Charles Manson and the meanest man alive, apparently. According to who? I'm not entirely sure, but that's fine. That's not my job to debate that. Um, so, okay. He was born on March 13th, 1933 in Florence, South Carolina, which I Googled it. It's pretty close to Myrtle Beach, ironically. Um, couldn't tell you the distance, but that's apparently on the map where I was like, huh, that's close to Myrtle Beach. His mom's name was Yulia Parrott, and he was the last of a gaggle of bastard children. Um, I don't know how many children that Yulia had. I don't think Yulia knew how many children Yulia had, so that's fine. Um, So he was the runt of the litter, he was very a very small person. Um, his nickname was Pee Wee. As an adult, he was five foot two and weighed one hundred and thirty pounds, soaking wet. So he was a pretty tiny individual. Um, throughout Donald's childhood. There's a common theme of neglect. His mom had several boyfriends that lived with the family, and I use boyfriends in quotations just so you know, boyfriends that lived with the family on and off during these early years, and many of the men didn't like Donald and treated him appropriately. So his mother never stood up for him or offered him any form of protection from the beatings, and when he was only a year old, Donald accidentally drank from a bottle of kerosene, and he had um, convulsions until he was about two years old. So just to give you, like, a flavor... Um, he was expected to take care of himself, even as a toddler, and eventually his mom married one of those boyfriends, air quotes again, and he beat Donald and his numerous half-siblings. So, um, when Donald hit school age, and you know, a lot of the times for kids of abuse and kids of neglect, school is usually, like, a refuge for them because they can kind of get away from their home life and, um, like... Just get out of the house for a little while. Get away from their abusers. Um, the only problem was that when Donald hit school age, he was also tormented at school. I'm assuming because he was picked on. Like, he was a small kid. You know, he, he got into fights a lot as a kid in school. Um, so the teachers ganged up on him, and the kids ganged up on him, and he was getting ganged, on, ganged up on at home. Uh, so he dropped out of school at 11 to work on cars at a local garage. Um, He and two other friends formed what they called the Trouble Trio, which consisted of Donald Gaskins and two boys named Danny and Marsh. I do not know their last names. Um, The gang would go out and burglarize homes and pick up sex workers in the area. Mind you, he's 11. Donald Henry Gaskins is 11 11 years old picking up prostitutes, like picking up sex workers at 11. That first of all is just insane and that speaks to the truth that like you know his mom probably didn't care because I mean how what do you know what your kid's doing I mean I don't know um so oh allegedly and this I wasn't able to prove but I did read it somewhere the group would try to rape younger boys in the neighborhood and beat them so they wouldn't tell an adult or police So, just to get a flavor of how ruthless this trio was, at one point, um, the gang raped Marsh's younger sister, so mind you, they're, like, probably 11, 12, or 13 around this time, like, she's the younger sister, I mean, that's, like, a what-the-actual-fuck type thing, like, who, obviously, Marsh was involved, so that just seems, like, a whole different type of weird and aggressive, um, And as punishment, so they got caught, apparently, as punishment, the boys were bound and beat to the point where they were bleeding, Um, which I think calling the cops might have been a little more effective and putting these three in jail, considering what we'll see next. I digress. Um, So the rest of the trio moved away. So Danny and Marsh got sent away with their families. They packed up and left. Um, But Donald, obviously, his mom was not going to leave, and he just kind of kept doing his own thing and committing crimes on his own. So in 1946, when, let me remind you, Donald is 13. He's 13 years old. He was in the process of burglarizing a home in his neighborhood when he was caught by a former classmate. So mind you, he did, he dropped out of school. He was in doing whatever. And then he is 13 year old to 13 years old, burglarizing homes. Um, He was caught by a former classmate. She confronted him. So she would have also been probably 12 or 13 at the time if they were in the same class. Um, She came at Donald with an ax, but apparently in some type of struggle, Donald got the axe away from her and hit her in the head and the arm with the axe and ran. She lived, like, surprisingly, and, um, she was able to identify Donald, and he was arrested and, um, that ultimately went to trial. So, when it went to trial, here's, like, so the neglect ran so deep in Donald's life that there's a story that I read that just, like, it hurt my soul to, to read it because, I'm not saying Donald Henry Gaskins was like a good person by any means, but I just feel like these may have been some unhandled cries for attention or just like the neglect was too much. Um, And this story actually made me really sad. But so apparently Donald didn't even know his real name. Like he did not know his name was Donald until he went to trial for this crime of like hitting the girl in the head with the axe. He thought his name was Pee Wee. For 13 years of his life, could you imagine being 13 years old and not knowing what your real name is and hearing your real name for the first time in a court trial because your mom never told you or never clarified? I just think that's insane to not know what your real name is, right? Or is that just me? That really, that like hurt my heart to hear. I mean, like I said, I don't think he's a good person and I don't know, but like that just... That kind of actually upset me, like, a little bit, just to read that, to say, like, wow, that must have really hurt to know. But he was found guilty of assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill and was sent to South Carolina Industrial School for boys until he was 18. Um, At the reform school, Donald was regularly raped by other inmates. Um, and this was a common theme, because he was a small guy. He got picked on a lot, but he would usually gang up with, um, he'd actually become, like, he would trade sex for, pre- for protection. So he would g- kind of weasel up to the bigger boys and let them do what they wanted in order for their protection. This is a theme we'll see later on in the story, too. Um, which, I mean, I guess is kind of smart if, like, you're... If you're okay with that and into that, I guess if you're in jail and the other thing is to be sexually assaulted by people you don't know than to, like, let people you do know, right? I mean, I guess, I don't know. I've never been to jail, so I wouldn't know how bad it is in there. My my experience is watching Orange is the New Black, so that's not very good at all. Um, Okay, so yeah, he would trade sex for protection. He escaped from the school at some point um, and became a carnival worker during this time. He got married and then returned, actually voluntarily, to complete his sentence. He was released in 1951 when he turned 18. So after he was paroled, he worked at a tobacco plantation until he was arrested again in 1953. So he had attacked a teenage girl who, ironically, was the daughter of Gaskin's employer at the tobacco um, plantation. Um, he attacked her with a hammer and was sentenced to six years in prison. Um, during this time as well, Donald was in cahoots with a bunch of the, or, oh, during the time of the attack, he was in cahoots with a bunch of the farmers in the area. Um, he was what they called a barn burner where he would burn down the barn for, of people's farms. So he'd burn them down for a cut of the insurance money. Um, unfortunately people were suspicious of Donald, before the, ha- the hammer incident even happened, um, and he actually received six months of solitary confinement for the attack of the girl, he never served prison time for barn burning. That was just a suspicion that was going around. So he may not have even been involved, but knowing, knowing our boy Donald, I'm sure, I'm sure he was involved. I'm sure he's probably guilty about, of about everything everybody expected him to be guilty of because he, he's just a bad egg all around. A lot of probably, I mean, just a lot of aggression honestly, overall. So he got six months in solitary confinement. I said that, and that is that. So during the rest of his time in prison, he faced the same situation. He did the reform school being passed around by larger, more intimidating inmates. Um, but this time he does something a little different. Um, he refused to let the, the situation continue, um, and actually strategically killed the scariest guy in the prison. Um, his name was Hazel Brazel or Hazel Brazel, I'm not in into- Hazel Brazel, um, he got an extra three years added to his sentence, but he was respected amongst the other inmates, so people stopped picking on him so much, so maybe that's where he got the name The Meanest Man Alive, because he would just go after the biggest dogs of the kennel and just attack them, because um, he just wasn't scared, I guess, I don't know, maybe he felt like he had nothing to lose, so he was just like, screw it, I'm gonna go for the scariest dude here, and hopefully people will leave me alone, um, it worked, but, uh, so he escaped prison, in 1955, he hid in the back of a garbage truck. He fled to Florida where he became a Carney, which I forgot to mention. Did I mention? He became a Carney the first time when he left school, when he left the reform school and he got married the first time. He became a Carney that time. Um, so he, he did it again in 1955. He became a carney, He was found and rearrested. Um, in 1955, which was the same year, his wife, which was the one he met when he escaped the school, um, filed for divorce. Donald escaped from prison, um, this is why he left, Donald escaped from prison to confront her, but instead got married a second time, um, and Gaskin's second marriage only lasted two weeks, so that's fun. Um, Donald got involved with the woman from the carnival named Betty Gates, and the two drove to Cookville, Tennessee to bail out her... Air quotes, brother. You can't see me doing the air quotes, but I'm going to do them for you. Her brother. Um, Donald goes to bail out the brother. He's got money and a pack of cigarettes to do so. When Donald returns back to the hotel, um, so I'm assuming their plan didn't work because he goes back to the hotel alone from everything I've read. Um, when he gets back there, Betty and her car and the brother were gone um the brother was actually Betty's husband and he escaped from prison with a razor blade that had been turned or had been tucked into a pack of cigarettes so I'm not entirely sure if Donald brought the cigarettes to the jail and then the brother got out or well not the brother the husband sorry got out um that part was unclear to me and I couldn't really find any clarification. So by one means or the other, Donald went with this lady to bail out her brother from prison. And then that wasn't the case. Um, so during that little stint, he was recognized as who he is and he was returned back to jail. Uh, he had gotten an extra nine months for stabbing a fellow inmate at some point in time, but then was released from jail in August of 1961 after his prison release, he went back to robbing homes. Um, but this time he was also a driver for a traveling minister, which was a good cover and it kept him on the move and he was able to avoid any type of capture. In 1962, Donald was arrested for statutory rape. He had gotten married for a third time, but kept up his criminal acts. Um, he raped a 12 year old girl and was arrested for it, but was able to escape while awaiting trial he was then married a 14 a, or 14 a fourth time um this time to a 17 year old girl um and while he was on the lamb she ultimately turned him in to the police um where he was convicted for the rape um so i know this i know for a fact the 17 year old turned him in for statutory rape um but he was never officially tried or convicted for the 14 year old um so i'm or the 12 year old sorry I'm not sure which he was, he was convicted of one of them. I'm not, or maybe even both of them. I'm not entirely sure. He does go back to jail for another six years, um, for whatever he was convicted of. Um, and then he was paroled in November of 1968. Part of his parole was that he was not allowed to return to Florence, South Carolina for at least two years. Some cases I've seen ever and others I've seen two years. I mean, there's a, like a massive difference between you can never come back here ever, or you can come back here in at least two years. So I'm not sure which one's the case. Um, I'm not entirely sure. (laughs) It could be either. It could be both. I'm, I don't know. Maybe it depends on how mad that judge was. I certainly want, I wouldn't want this guy in my town because he's no, no good. He's no bueno. Um, so Donald, Either in an interview to police or otherwise, I'm not sure, but this quote is, it was, I've seen it multiple times as something he's said. So either it was in an interview for the police or the press or his book. Hard to tell because I didn't read the book. Um, he said that he had, quote, them aggravated bothersome feelings, end quote, which led him to commit crimes. So apparently he had this, like, insatiable itch to be bad I guess and so he that's why he kept committing crimes was to keep that feeling away. So by September of 1969 he turns into a completely different creature. He's not just doing burglaring he's not just burgling anymore he's not just breaking into people's houses he's not I mean it's not I'm not trying to make it sound light but he's not raping people anymore he's moved on he's got a different flavor of something going on where at that point I'm assuming whatever he was doing was not good enough for him because at this time so, September of 1969, he begins to what he calls his coastal kills. That's his own coining for it. Um, so, he, in September of 1969, he tortures and murders a female hitchhiker, and he then he dumps her body into a swamp. And he said, um, and this is also another direct quote, All I could think about was how I could do anything I wanted to her. And he said during this time, he picked up and murdered hitchhikers, male and female indiscriminately, while driving along the coastal highways in America South. So I'm assuming, like, Alabama, Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, like, that kind of area. Um, He also went to say that he liked to kill people slowly and have the murder take as long as possible, usually by stabbing, suffocation, mutilation, and he claimed to have eaten some of his victims. Cannot confirm nor deny that. He said he ate somebody, but you know, that's weird and, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. So, these, quote, coastal kills were murders that Donald saw as recreation or, like, a weekend hobby yeah, casually killing people. That's fine. So he originally said that he killed once every six weeks, but then later said that he needed to find a way to kill a victim before the tenth of each month. Donald estimated that he had eighty to ninety victims during his, quote, coastal kills, but the number has never been verified, which is why I said earlier that he's considered or South Carolina's most most prolific serial killer, but they're based off of his numbers. They're not based off of any actual facts or confirmed, like, dead people or you know they I mean he was dumping these people in swamps which I mean you're like the odds of you finding those remains or if he was killing transients I mean who's going to report them missing so I mean his number may be that high I just I feel like that's I don't know there's no way to confirm that number that's so those are his words not mine um in one instance a van... So this will be important in a second. It's not... I mean, it's a it's a fucked up thing right now, but it'll be important later. So in one instance, a van containing three people broke down on the highway. Donald offered to help them, but just killed all three of those people instead. After he murdered them, he called on an ex, another ex-con, quote, friend. We're going to use the air quotes again. His friend... Walter Neely, um, came to help him get the victim's van. He, so Donald wanted to take it to his garage so he could fix it up, repaint it, and then sell it. Um, Gaskins was also hired as a hitman during this time. He was hired by a woman named Suzanne. I've read her last name is Kipper and Owen, so I'm not sure. Her name is Suzanne for sure, though. Um, it's said that Suzanne paid him $1,500 to kill her ex-boyfriend Silas Yates. Um, in order to complete the crime, Gaskins had three other people help with the murder, um, and they all helped with the body. So by either one distracted him or got him out of the house or did X, Y, or Z, and then they helped bury the body. But on the other hand, I have read other places, so I have to, I have to clarify that this is a thing. I've read that it was actually Silas who contracted Gaskins to kill somebody, of, I'm not entirely sure, but then Gaskins, like, Donald just killed Silas anyways. I'm not sure. Um, it seems really unclear, but at the same time, I also just, and I mean, we'll get there in a second, but it feels like Donald would just kill anybody who even remotely inconvenienced him, so, I mean, it's not out of the realm of plausibility, so, I mean, possibly. Um, also, his auto body shop was robbed, during this time of coastal kills, and, like, he killed the burglars, and then also during this time had Neely, our friend Walter Neely, help bury the bodies. So, it was during this time of when they buried the bodies that Gaskins had showed Neely where he was keeping the bodies, um, and, like, all the local few, ooh, that didn't go right in my mouth, um, he showed Neely where he had buried the local people he had killed. So, there's an overlap here um, between the coastal murders and what Gaskins would call serious murders, as if all murders were serious, okay? Okay. Um, so there's a time period here of coastal murders and then a section of serious murders, according to Gaskins. I'm sorry I've moved around a lot during this podcast. I cannot get comfortable. So if I'm like close and far and close and far and yelling and not... My apologies. I just, this, I need a different setup because sitting here on the, on the floor of my closet is just no bueno. Okay. So coastal murders, serious murders, blurry. Um, so he started what he would call his serious murders. Um, these were defined by Gaskins as killing people he knew for personal reasons. So these people were selected. They were not random. They were not random transients that he knew. These were people that, um, had wronged him or he had done that. They had done something that Donald saw as a slight against him. So in 1973, he raped and killed two of his neighbors and this exact incident is really really dark and so i'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail because if you want to know you can look it up i don't feel like repeating it so this woman her name was doreen dempsey and she actually wasn't afraid of peewee as she as donald was known so most of the town saw him for what he was like he was off mentally disturbed, kind of aggressive, and so Donald really didn't have a lot of friends around. Doreen Dempsey was one of his neighbors and actually saw him as, like, a friendly, dependable type guy. They got along. They were friends, to my understanding. I mean, maybe friends isn't the word, okay, maybe friends isn't the word I would use, but, like, they'd say, good morning, or hey, how are you, if they pass each other on the street. She was not afraid of him, is is what I've gathered about Doreen. Um, so, she was 23 years old and eight months pregnant. Um, Donald raped and murdered her, and then he also raped and murdered her two-year-old daughter and then buried them in the same grave together. And that's all I'm going to say about that. He killed 13-year-old Kim Gelkins, who had rejected his sexual advances. He killed his 15-year-old niece, Janice Kirby, and her friend, Patricia Ann Alsbrook, who was 17. He had tried to have sex with the two of them, and they rejected him, and then he beat them both to death. He also killed for other personal reasons, um, people who had mocked him, who stole money from him, like I said before, and people who tried to blackmail him. He also killed people who owed him money, which, I mean, at this point, like, who won't this guy kill? You know, it's, it doesn't really, he had no filter. It was just anybody. Anybody who had ever even gave him, like, a dirty look, he'd probably kill them. Like that just seems absurd, but he clearly was unhinged. Um, so these quote serious murders were not like the coastal killings at all. These were more like executions, typically done with a gun. There was no wasting time to torture these people. He wanted them dead, and he killed them. He I don't think he got enjoyment from it. He just saw it as eliminating a problem that he didn't feel like dealing with. Um, so, after the disappearance of Kim Gelkins, who was the 13-year-old, Koss became suspicious of um, Donald, and they searched his apartment and found her clothing, and Gaskins was arrested for, quote, "...contributing to the delinquency of a minor." So, detectives brought our boy, Neely, in for questioning, and he cracked under the pressure and ratted out Gaskins. He led police to where he knew the bodies were buried— um and police discovered the bodies well include they discovered eight bodies but including um Diane Neely who I'm assuming had some relation to Walter um a man named Johnny Knight a man named Dennis Bellamy Doreen Dempsey and her child so on April 27th 1976 Walter Neely and Donald Gaskins were charged for eight counts of murder on May 24th 1976 Gaskins was convicted of the murder of Dennis Bellamy and he was sentenced to death Um, I'm not entirely sure how that trial went. I didn't, I don't remember if I I could, don't think I could find the court documents. Normally I really love reading court documents and like understanding like what, what actually happened like in the court of law, because news articles and blogs and different types of sites can kind of twist stuff however they want. And I mean, I guess you technically can in a court of law, but when you say somebody got convicted of something, I like to read the court documents because then I can know like exactly. Like, they usually have the evidence and, like, statements from stuff so you can read and understand what actually, like, it's basically like being in the courtroom when it was happening. So I, if there is that, I always read that. And I don't remember reading it for Donald Henry Gaskin, so I'm assuming it wasn't available. Or I didn't look hard enough. But usually I do, because I actually enjoy reading those. And that's, like, the best, that's one of the best sources of information. Because they usually have, um... You don't have to see any autopsy pictures, you can just see autopsy results, and you can see, like, where they where they found evidence and what exactly the evidence was. So you can basically imagine, it's the, the level of imagining things versus actually having to look at crime scene photos. I would much rather imagine something, because I usually don't imagine it as being as bad as it is, and also half the stuff I don't want to see. So, um, I don't know the exact way and I also don't know if Walter Neely was convicted of anything since they were tried I'm assuming Donald just took the heat and Walter probably got in trouble for something else um okay so on May 24th 1976 I said this Donald was convicted of the murder of Dennis Bellamy and was sentenced to death I'm assuming that's because they probably had the most evidence on that one and were able to pin it on him but in order to avoid more death penalties um Donald confessed to the rest of the murders he confessed to all eight of them In April of 1977, um, so I've read this and it wasn't exactly kind of plastered all over the place. I kind of read this in maybe one or two articles and nowhere else. Um, but in April of 1977, Gaskins and the three other people who killed, uh, Silas, um, Donald received a second death sentence is what I've come to understand. Now, whether that's true or not, not entirely sure, but I have read that and it did seem plausible because if he's in jail, you know, maybe they were trying to solve that crime. Not entirely sure. Um, so to, oh yeah, I read that. Yep. In 1976 in South Carolina, um, the death penalty was deemed quote unconstitutional. And so Donald Gaskin's got lucky because his two death sentences were, um, which technically he would have nine because he got eight life sentences for the eight murders he can he uh, confessed to. And then he'd get the, the next one from Silas. So technically he had nine life sentences with like two counts, like two death penalties. Those got commuted to life sentences as well. Until... 1978, where the death penalty is reinstated in South Carolina. Now, see, all Donald had to do was coast and just not fucking kill anybody, just not do anything wrong for the end of his life, and he could have just lived a happy, you know, happy gay old life in prison, having having a great time being alive, but no, he just couldn't fucking just calm down and not murder anybody. So... I don't know. So he, Gaskin, he does so much to avoid the fucking death penalty, and then at the end of the day, we'll get there, sorry. So he panicked at the thought of the death sentence, which I had written, a killer who doesn't want to be murdered, so cliche. Um, So he bargained with the prosecutors and agreed to show them where more bodies were and agreed to three-day questioning under truth serum, um, all in exchange for an exemption from the electric chair, and yeah, so this is back, this is pre it being reinstated, um, back when it was still very much a possibility he'd get electric chair. So he basically told them where more bodies were. So his, uh, life sentences would be, or his death penalty would co- be commuted to life sentences. That was back before, um, he was convicted of the murder of Silas. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So, you know, you're like, okay, cool. Just don't get in trouble again. Like just be in prison. Um, in 1982, he was contracted to kill a a fellow death row inmate named Randolph Tyner, and Tyner was in prison for killing a couple named Mr. and Mrs. Moon during a robbery. So a stepson of the couple contracted Gaskins to Off the Man, and Donald, after several failed attempts, managed to kill him. You know, maybe that was just some higher power telling you, like, giving you multiple chances to not fuck yourself up, you know, <laughs> where it keeps failing, so, you know, they're like, okay, well, fuck it, fine, go for it. So, um, for the murder of Randolph Ty- Randolph Tyner, uh, Donald got the death sentence, so good job for you, fucking asshole. Um, before Donald died, he wrote a book, oh, I told you, I'm telling you, Donald wrote a book called Final Truth, it was published in 1993 and talks about his murders and they quote, bothersome feelings. I didn't read it. I don't even know where to find it. I'm going to assume it's probably not good, but if you want to get inside the mind of a serial killer and like redneck Charles Manson, I mean, fucking go for it. Um, read it and tell me what it is. Cause I would like to know if it's worth reading. Maybe it will. So on September 6th, 1991, Donald's scheduled execution day, Donald cut his wrists in an attempt to either stall the execution or avoid it completely, uh, but that didn't work. He was still placed in the electric chair with the cuts on his wrists, um, that were stitched up, and he was electrocuted until he died. His last words were, quote, I'll let my lawyers talk for me. I'm ready to go. So, if you ignore the- his first and last murders in prison, so the first one being, um, What was his name? It's been so long since we've talked about that. I don't remember. You probably do. Um, his first murder in prison and the last one, which was Randolph Tyner, um, he, Gaskins estimated that he had 31 serious murders, um, which included 14 bodies found by police and 17 that were still buried over three South Carolina counties and 80 or 90 for the coastal kills. Um so the estimated total of people that Donald Henry Gaskins killed was about 110. Once again, I will state, cannot confirm nor deny. And wow, that was, that was the tale of Donald Henry Gaskins Jr. Um, yeah, like I already said, you're not going to get a patron episode today. (laughs) So don't, if you were waiting for it, which I know you probably weren't, it's not happening. Um, optimistic outshoot. Hopefully it'll be here Wednesday. And if not, definitely Thursday. That's my estimate. Um, all right. Well, this has been, uh, Jana, your fearless leader of cabernet and true crime who fights 15 year olds. And, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. That's really all I got. Goodbye, and happy True Crime Tuesday.